Hey, good morning. Hey, it is Easter and happy Easter and he is risen and I, it's just exciting to be here. We haven't met. My name is Ryan, the lead pastor here at New Hope Church. And I don't know about you, but I love Easter and I even love Easter online. Uh, granted, it's different. Uh, I, I sure miss being together as Pastor Jake was just talking about, uh, seeing each other under one roof and, and giving hugs and high fives and, and laughing together. Uh, it's sure different. A lot has changed. I'll tell you what hasn't changed. What absolutely has not changed is that there is a God in heaven and a Savior who came down to earth, born in Bethlehem in order to, to grow to be a man who died outside the city of Jerusalem to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. And then three days later to rise again from the grave, conquering sin, Satan, and death. And that is why we're here celebrating this morning. We're, we're gathered in, in living rooms and homes all over Adel, Iowa, uh, Dallas County, and even beyond. And we're this morning joining uh, uh, thousands of other churches that are also doing online church and, and millions of other Jesus followers around the world celebrating the resurrection. What an exciting, exciting time. And I just want to tell you this morning, whether New Hope Church is your home church or not, Thank you for being with us here this morning, and I want to welcome you. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad that we get to spend a few minutes together. So, so who's with me and being excited? How about this? Just show a hands from home. Who's excited about Easter? Go ahead and get your hands up. All right, good job. I see hands. All right, kids, you're out there too. Let's see your hands. We've got the hands going up. All right, now, so kids, make sure the parents are doing it, because sometimes the parents are like slow to do that. So make sure your, your parents are getting their hands up too. Absolutely. Hey, this is just an, an exciting, uh, exciting time. And speaking of excited, I just want to give you a heads up to some things that are coming up here in the life of our church. The first one is that we have in a couple of weeks, starting April 26th, a brand new sermon series started called He is Greater Than Me. We're going to be looking at the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be talking about how to live a God-focused life in a me-saturated world. And just like we have with the Gospel of John, we also have built a resource guide ready for you to download. It's not ready today. It'll be uploaded here in a little bit, in a few days, but it'll be ready for you to download and work to, through this on your own during the week in addition to Sunday morning. So very excited about our new sermon, sermon series coming up. I'll tell you what else I'm excited about, something else that's different and unique, and that is we are going to go back to nostalgic days. We're going to go back to what we're calling drive-in church. I don't know about you, I miss seeing faces. And so we're going to do this in a safe and fun way. What we're going to be doing, and more details are to come later, but we're going to have an opportunity to come together uh, safely at our church property in our cars. And so you'll pull in and we'll be parking cars uh, as distances apart from each other. And you stay in your car and you tune in the FM radio and we're going to have a stage elevated somewhere and you can listen to the service. You can honk to your friends, flash your head beams, your headlights to them and, uh, and just wave to your neighbors. And just to see people again, it's going to be a great time. So we're super excited about that as we find creative ways to stay in community so that you know, everybody knows you're not alone as we journey through this time. Because let's be honest, this is a hard time. This is a time packed with, with high emotion, with fear and anxiety, uh, with confusion. It's difficult. It's hard. But you know what else was that way? The very first Easter. The very first Easter was much the same way. And, and in fact, Good Friday, we were here, and you were maybe uh, tuning in as well, as we looked at the last hours of Jesus' life, and we looked at the things that he went through. We looked, for example, and we talked about how Jesus uh, was betrayed 
by a friend with a kiss and that he was arrested by a huge mob, that he was run over the course of the night, um, uh, Friday night that is, in the early hours of the morning, run through six scam trials that were, were laced with injustice and lies and broken protocol. We, we read and, and when we talked about how he was, he was beat and he was mocked and that a, a crown of thorns was fashioned and it was, it was pounded into his skull. And then he was scourged, flogged, 39 whips, where each one would have grabbed the flesh and just ripped it off the backside of his body, exposing his organs and muscle and tissue. Most people died through that process. But we talked about how then he was, he was forced to carry a bloody beam, bloodied from previous victims through the streets of Jerusalem. And the crowds would have looked at him and, and some would have laughed and some would have, would have turned away or stared. Others would have shielded their children's eyes from this gory sight of this man carrying this cross through the city streets of Jerusalem. And then he was taken away to a place outside the city called Golgotha. And there he was nailed to wood and he was raised up. And for six hours he, he, he suffered on the cross. And while he hung there, fully exposed, he became entertainment for most of the crowd standing there watching him. And then after six hours of torment, during this time as Jesus suffered, we know that darkness was having its heyday. See, this was, this was Satan's hour. This was his time of celebration because the devil knew that the Son of God was about to die and he held the keys to death, that Jesus was about to be his. And this moment, this pinnacle moment as Jesus was on the cross, all this is happening, but something else just as significant was going on. And that is that Jesus, who was without sin, became sin, our sin, yours and mine on our behalf. And he was there in that place on the cross, taking the punishment, paying the penalty for our sins. You can't visually see that. You can't record that on a movie, but that's what was happening. And as he cries out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The, the perfect Holy Father turning his back to his son, the relational trinity of God broken as Jesus becomes sin on our behalf. And then finally, when it was all done, Jesus crying out a unique word, tetelestai, which is an accounting term for, for paid in full. It is finished. The sins of mankind paid for. And with that, Jesus gave up his life. He died that day, that Good Friday on the cross. And his friends, his disciples and followers would have asked for the body, taken it down off the cross quickly because Sabbath was coming, wrapped his body in linen, find a nearby tomb and place it in the tomb. And then we know that a seal, a, a, a seal was put in front of the tomb, guards were placed, and everybody went home. And people grieved. And people thought it was over. That was not the ending people expected. That was not the way the script was supposed to play out as people went back to their homes and cried and wondered and were confused. What if that was the end of the story? You know, Thomas Jefferson, uh, one of our founding fathers, uh, one of the framers of the Declaration of Independence, he, he uh, did an interesting thing. He, he took his Bible and he created what's called the Jefferson Bible. And basically what he did was he took the Gospels, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. He took his Bible and he took a razor blade and some glue 
and he began to cut out all the parts and pieces of the life of Jesus that he didn't like. Threw that on the floor and then took the other parts, and you're looking at a picture of it now, and he glued it together in another book. See, basically, Thomas Jefferson, he liked the teachings of Jesus. He liked the morals of Jesus. He didn't like the supernatural. He didn't like the miraculous. He didn't like that Jesus was the Son of God. And what you're left with in the Jefferson Bible is this account that ends with this verse. It was read earlier by the Schmidt family. The last words of the last chapter of the Jefferson Bible says this, At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had ever been laid. And because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. What if that was the end? What if that was the end of the story, that that the way the Jefferson Bible lays it out was the conclusion? If that's what you have, then you have just another guy who made a claim to be somebody that he wasn't and is dead and is buried somewhere just like everybody else. It's a tragic story. It's a tragic ending. But, but we're here this morning because the Jefferson Bible, while it provides no hope and no victory, we know that that's not the way the story ends. The reason millions of people are gathered all over the world this morning praising God and celebrating and worshiping, even in spite of current life situations, is because Jesus did rise from the grave. The tomb really was empty. And the words that were read in John 19, verses 41 and 42, are not the end that there is so much more to be shared. This is not the last word. Look with me at Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 9, as we read this text to celebrate and outline why we celebrate this morning. After It says this, After the Sabbath, or Saturday, at dawn on the first day of the week, so this is Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Can you imagine the emotional swing that's going on here this group they go from from deep grief because jesus is dead then they swing over to freaking out because jesus is gone and now they slide back over into celebrating because jesus is alive see jesus did exactly what he said he would do he said in three days that he would be raised again that he would pay the price for our sins and he would conquer death and he accomplished it all and that's why we celebrate this morning. You see, friends, Easter changes everything. It has changed the course of human history and it also changes lives. Your life has changed my life. And this morning as we, as we begin to wrap up, I want to share with you just two ways that the story of Easter can become personal to your life, how it could impact 
your life today, right now? Here's the first way. The first way is this, that the death of Jesus saves a person from. The death of Jesus saves a person from. So you say, well, save the person from what? Saves the person from, from our sin. Saves a person from separation from God. Saves a person from fear and so much more. You see, we look at the Bible, and the Bible in many ways is like a mirror. It holds up a reflection of who we are. And the Bible gives a description of you and of me. Let me give you a snapshot of what the Bible says about us. It says this. It says that you and I, we, we're continually evil, impure, wicked, estranged, going our own way, rebellious, among those who loved darkness, a slave to sin, a child of the devil, unrighteous, unloving, uh, excuse me, uh, not understanding, not a seeker of God, stiff-necked, a resistor of the Holy Spirit, not doing good, hostile to God, spiritually foolish, spiritually dead, and among the children of wrath, darkened, alienated, marked by ignorance, hardness of heart, callous, given up to perversion, greedy, impure in every way, among the enemies of the cross of Christ, dead, defiled, unbelieving, under the power of the evil one, foolish, disobedient, led astray, among the slaves of various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and in envy, and yet, in spite of all that, passionately loved. Passionately loved by God. So let me ask you this morning, how do you react to that? Because you go through a list like that, and some it may be this response of, that seems harsh. I don't know if I agree with that. I'm a good person. I do good things. I stay six feet from everybody else. I, that, that's, that's not me. But there's others of you, you know it is. And you agree. And you recognize that this accurately describes who you are, because the Bible is so clear that every single one of us, we sin. That every single one of us disobeys God. You see, sin is like a sneeze. It feels good in the moment, but it makes an absolute mess. And Jesus came to clean up the mess. He didn't wait for us to clean it up ourselves. This is why, and I shared this on Friday night, but I'm going to share it again. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. At our worst, Christ says, you're still worth it. At our worst, Jesus says, I'll pay the price for you. For his glory, my Father, and my love for you, Jesus goes to the cross in our place. He didn't wait for us to clean up our own mess to somehow become religious enough or good enough or whatever fill in the blank we want to add. Jesus steps into our mess and he says, I am your savior. I came to do what you can't do. And that's why we celebrate this morning. This is a message of grace and a message of love. You see, the cross is where we find forgiveness because the cross is what saves us from our sins. That's the first part. Here's the second. The cross not only saves from, but here's the second part. The resurrection, what we're celebrating this morning, of Jesus saves you too. See, it's the resurrection that saves you and I to eternal life with him. It, it saves us to a, a, an eternal purpose uh, in him as we walk with him, as we get to know him. You know what this means? It means that you don't have to run anymore from God. 
It means that you don't have to be afraid, that you could know that God loves you. It means that you don't have to, to wonder if you matter because he, the creator of heaven and earth, wants a relationship with you. That's what this means. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, I have come that they may have, that you may have life and have it to the full. This is what Jesus offers. This is, this, this, what, you know, here's what this means. It means that who you are and what you do in this life, it absolutely matters. It all matters. It matters to him. It matters to others. It matters to future generations that your life matters and that God wants to use your life to make an eternal impact in the lives of other people. But let me ask you this morning, what holds you back? What holds you back? What for you, if you've never taken that step of faith to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what's holding you back? Or maybe for you, if you know who Jesus is, you have that relationship with him. What's, what's holding you back from, from just living wholeheartedly for him to say, Jesus, I am all in. No more dipping the toe. No more staying in the, in the kiddie pool. I'm ready just full abandon. Say, Lord, I am all yours and I'm, I'm all in. What holds you back? Can I share with you what it is for me? For me... here's what my fear is. For me, it's a fear of failure. For me, it's a fear of, I give my best and my best isn't enough. Or what if it doesn't work out? Or when it comes to me and God, it's, it's that idea sometimes of, well, if God knew, if he really knew who I was and all the ways I'm a failure, why would he want a relationship with me? This is what I battle. Sometimes this is what keeps me from taking that next step. What is it for you? Because here's what I know. Everybody has something. There's some fear. There's something there that stays in the back of our mind or is lodged in our hearts, and it just dogs us every day, and we live with it. Here's what I know. I know I'm not alone. Now, my fear may look different than your fear, but I'm not alone. In fact, I'd like you to check this out. Let's play this video.
Isn't that beautiful? I, I, lo I love that video. And I, I love as the, as the signs change to the other side, the smiles that began to come on people's faces. We have fear, don't we? But in Christ, as we lean in on him, the fear doesn't have to have the victory in our life. Mine's a fear of failure. For me, I, I turn the corner and it's about trust. It's about for me that every day, I've just got to come back to a place of God, I'm going to choose to trust you in this. Whether it's, it has to do with family or, or ministry or whatever it has to do. God, I trust you. God, you're enough. So let me ask you this morning. If this was your sign, what would you write on it? What would it say? What's holding you back from following Jesus? What's holding you back from a, a first-time relationship with Christ? What's holding you back from, from just going deeper to say, God, I, I've been playing it safe. I've been compartmentalizing you. I've just been keeping you at arm's length. Yes, I believe, but getting close, mm, I don't know. What's holding you back? Can I just encourage you with this mind-boggling idea that the God of the universe wants a relationship with you. He, he knows you intimately, but he wants to be known by you. He wants us to take that next step to draw closer to him. He wants to use your life to make an internal impact in the life of someone else. And here's the key. You don't have to travel on the other side of the world to do that. You can do that right here, right where God has placed you. You can do that. You can take that step now. And if you're wondering this morning, why me? Why not you? Why not you? God wants to use your life. God is calling you. God is calling you to himself. You see, the cross of Jesus saves us from, the resurrection of Jesus saves us to. You know what all this means? It means the resurrection is not just something to believe, it's an adventure to live. That's what this means for you and for me. It means that we get to take this step, but here's where it begins. It all starts, it all starts with saying yes to Jesus. It all starts with saying yes to Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for me. That Jesus, I believe that you paid the price for my sins. That it starts with saying yes, I want a relationship, a right relationship with you. 
It, it starts with saying, yes, I, I, want to, I want to know you more. That I want, to, uh, I want to stop letting fear hold me back. That I'm ready to take this step. This step. So no matter this morning, this Easter morning, where you are in your spiritual journey, can I just encourage you that in the face of these times, that in the face of our coronavirus scare this Easter, that you would have the courage to say, no more fear. That you would have the courage to say, I'm going to take that step today to stay in the face of, of all that we're going through and all the things that you might be feeling in life to say, I want to go, Jesus, in a relationship with you and I want to go deeper in that relationship with you. This is something that you can do today. This is something that is available to you today. And so if you would, we're going to, we're going to worship here in just a moment, but if you would just take a moment and right where you're at in your living room, kitchen, bedroom, wherever you're at, and will you just close your eyes just for a moment we're just going to take some time to pray because we want to tell God thank you for what he did on the cross and the resurrection. We, we want to just take a moment to spend time, a few minutes, with him. Would you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, this morning we thank you both for who you are and for what you accomplished, that you went to the cross in our place to set us free from sin and from death and from the evil one. And then you proved who you are by rising from the dead. Father, this morning we tell you thank you. We tell you thank you that there's forgiveness in, in you. We tell you thank you that there's restoration. We tell you thank you that we can begin a new right relationship with you where the old is gone, the old stuff, the old sin and habits and addictions and places we get stuck in life can be done and we can begin that new adventure of following you. Thank you for that. And, and for anybody here this morning who's listening and, and you have never made that first time commitment, you have never in your own life said, yes, I want to invite you, Jesus, into my heart and my life to be the captain of my life, to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you this morning, I want to give you a chance right now to say yes and to receive Christ into your life. There is, there is no better way to spend Easter 2020 in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic to say no more fear. I'm going to step into that place and receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So if that's you this morning, would you just pray along with me just wherever you're at? Lord, I recognize the sin in my own life. And this morning, I also recognize who you are. That you are the Savior of the world who died on the cross for my sins. This morning, I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And I thank you. And now for all of us, just as we continue to pray, Father, we just come before you and we ask that for each of us, where we're at in our lives, and some of you watching this morning, you, you have lost your job. Some of you this morning, you have maybe a health scare. Some of you are going through things that have nothing to do with the coronavirus, but it's, it's a, in a relationship or something else that you're facing. And this morning is a time to surrender it to God and to say, God, I don't want to keep carrying all this, and so I give it to you. Father, would you work in the midst of all this hurt, of all this anxiety, of all this fear that I'm going through, would you show yourself strong and faithful and good? And, and Father, help us as your church 
to respond boldly by faith and walking with you day by day and moment by moment. That whatever fear is on one side of our sign, we flipped around and we'd walk in victory in you. Father, we thank you and we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' precious and resurrected name. Amen. Hey, before we sing, I just want to again thank you for being with us this morning. And hey, if you have made a first-time decision for Christ, or even if you just need some prayer, there's a message, or there's a phone number going on there. Would you just text that message right there? We're not going to stalk you. We want to encourage you, give you some, some resources, and walk with you in this new adventure of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So thank you again. God bless you. Happy Easter. Let's go and stand where you're at, wherever that is, and let's worship together. All right, as Pastor said, I want to encourage you again. Please stand up, join us. You might even have to clap. Uh, you're free to dance if you want to. Nobody will see except your own family. But let's, uh, let's just celebrate our risen Christ this morning.
Good morning. I'm Michelle Jenkins, and I'm so glad you guys joined us this morning. Thank you for being here with us on Facebook Live. It has been an amazing morning with a little thunder and a little lightning, but it was great. Hey, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Explore Class is happening on Facebook Live tomorrow. Hey, we'll be answering your questions live. You can type them in, and you'll get a response. So join us tomorrow night at 7. We're excited that you're here. Um, hey, today's Easter. No matter what about today, he has risen and stand up. Join us as we finish out with one of my favorite songs, My Redeemer Lives. Sing together. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Amen. Thanks again for joining us, and we celebrate a risen Savior this morning. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.